This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 140 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben, and Gaz is joining me once again. How are you doing, my good man? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I've just been dragged on a two-mile walk by my dog, and he's not wanted to do 100 yards a day over the past six weeks. But, you know, just before we record the podcast, he thinks, I know, we'll just stuff him up. And off we went. <laughs> so, I do know it's, it's September the 16th. And I was walking around with my top office at warm up here. Wow. I mean, that, uh, that would have been a sight for anyone driving past. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't on the road. I knew I wasn't going to bump into anybody. So I got out. I got out my beach bodies, which is the way <laughs> I describe it. Um, but my boss my boss said to me this morning, I hope you've got your beach body ready because I was telling him we, want, we, we would like a hot tub here. And I said, I've got two of them <laughs> side by side. Don't <laughs> about me. I've got plenty in the tank. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, been uh, been a bit of a, a wild week, hasn't it? Um, obviously, we put the, the podcast up last week uh, with with Liam Scully, um, and it went a bit crazy. I think as of the time of recording, I think we're touching nearly nineteen hundred downloads. I think of it eighteen hundred and thirty two as we record right now. So a huge thank you to everybody that uh, that downloaded it, and um, hopefully. A few people are going to stick around and, and see what normal ramblings we have. And then go again. And then disappear again, yeah. So there'll be a, a little bump and then it'll it'll level off again. They'll go, well, that, that, that was interesting and insightful. We should listen to another one and then they'll listen to it and go, oh, OK. <laughs> He's talking about his dog and getting his baps out. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's I getting my baps out? This little... <laughs> I'm showing some skin. Well, you know, man baps, it's all fine. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not with it yet. But anyway, right. But no, it was an enjoyable one, wasn't it, last week? Um, you know, I think it the, the feedback that we got was uh, was more or less universally positive, And I think a lot of people appreciated what Liam had to say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was good. It was a good uh, podcast. It was nice to get some insight. Um, I didn't notice the next day. I was, I was kind of hoping that one or two of the news outlets might pick up a couple of quotes and reference the Stacey West podcast. But I noticed that the Echo had also had an interview with Liam first thing in the morning, and uh, everybody from the 72 to whoever were picking up their quotes. I thought, okay, well, there we go. Never mind. We we still we we got there first, and we got there much more in depth. So yeah, it yeah. was good. It was very uh, very interesting. Yeah, I was going to say we, we we can't have it all. You know, say so we got a few more listeners and. That would normally lead to ad revenue on other podcasts, but nobody wants to advertise with us, so uh, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, that... we could get. We should do with a spot. We could. Yeah, we do could with a sponsor. We could do with you know, like Stacey West podcast brought to you by Curry Jacks. That'd be good. I, I only say Curry Jacks because I know you love Curry Jacks. Curry Jacks is good. At this moment in time, I would eat literally anything, uh, <laughs> anything at all. I've, I've not had a a cooker 
in the kitchen for uh, four days now because we're having the floor uh, done. So it w- I would like you know, the State West podcast sponsored by Beko. They're a <laughs> cooker manufacturer. Yeah, or Araga. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah that, there's, there's fundamental problems with Argas. And I mean, they look great, but they are, they're not practical for somebody like me who doesn't decide what he wants to eat until about 10 minutes before he wants to eat it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty although, much the same. Although we, we will obviously come on to match day experience, but I have to say I went to the poacher on Tuesday on the way in instead of the shits um, on the high street. And do you know what? The food was was absolutely spot on. It was so good. Um, but thinking back now, it will obviously be be good because it's food. Uh, rather than just a <laughs> rumbling empty chasm sometime, somewhere below my man baps <laughs> even baps even baps is making me think of you know like crusty bread <laughs> ideally with a beef patty squeezed in between and, yeah uh, well it, it was quite funny because i did bump into you before the game on tuesday and uh, and you did say yeah i've just had a salad in I between did have a salad. two in between two bits of bread with some meat it's like, oh, okay. a beef salad it was a beef yeah. salad <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> A six, double six ounce beef salad with uh, with with potatoes, which are a root vegetable, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah. I always wondered if potatoes count as one of your five a day, but apparently they don't. Which uh, no, is... but baked beans do. Yes, that was weird. I don't saw that on the cam the other the other day. I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, we should probably talk about football, shouldn't we? Um, you went to Cambridge, and Ooh, by yeah, the sounds, of it... breakfast in the Weatherspoons with baked beans. And... <laughs> I mean, is. Is this a Lincoln City podcast or is this a culinary podcast this week? Talking, well, I'm talking away days. I'm talking away days. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it um, sounds like, to Cambridge. Yeah, it sounds like you had a hell of a day um, on on the fun bus, um, and it just. I mean, I saw the photos and I saw the one of your dad troughing, and it was, you know, just it, it looked like a really fun day out. He only had one fried egg on that plate though, and I got two, so he's been done over by Weatherspoons again, uh, which was <laughs> hilarious. But he literally, when he came, he went, "I've only got one egg. Why have you got two eggs? Bloody Weatherspoons!" <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll, we'll move on to football shortly. Just a word about the fun bus, because you know, we 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 take take the mick out of Andy Pearson quite a lot on this podcast, uh, and it did get noted on the bus, and people think that it's hilarious, and they said we should have him on, but then he'd be unable to communicate properly because he'd have to use words and not emojis um, <laughs> and stuff like that. But do you know what? It was actually a brilliant day with brilliant people. All of all of the banter and all of that is is one thing, but it was good. You know, like just a group of football fans on a bus. Not obviously, obviously not drinking on the bus, but drinking in the towns and looking out for each other and just having a laugh. And it's what away days should be. And yeah, it's not always like that. Sometimes you drive to away games and sometimes you kind of go on, on, on I say more sedate buses, you know what I mean, where there isn't a beer stop and you were all about the football. So yeah, yeah. It, it was nice to have that. It was my first, what I would call proper away day uh, since Burton back in December 2019, which was also on the fun bus. Um, but the good news was that this time I didn't spend the entire journey home with my head between my legs, wishing that the earth would just open up and allow me to vomit into it. So <laughs> you thought I was going to say swallow me there, but I don't want to use, uh, use tired phrases. So, yeah, um, I mean, the game itself, look, the thing is, that's the sort of game that we should be winning. And I, I mean, that with the greatest respect to Cambridge. And we don't want to dissect it too much because we've played a game since then. But we, we were sensational wasn't a bad player on the pitch um it's one of those dead days where you, you spend six or seven months saying someone's going to get paced in one of these days and, and that's the pasting um it's not a reflection of where we are we're not five one away winners you know 10 times out of or 10 times rather this season it, it was just to it was just it was just our day you know everything everything ran for us yeah. everything went for us you know i love xg i think on xg we probably should have won the game maybe two, i think it was two one maybe three one mm-hmm. um was was the xg balance i've got it in front of me yeah yeah it would have been three one uh with xg um but, you know xg doesn't take into account stunning goals and count them because they just kept coming um yeah. and really impressed with oh i mean anthony scully obviously you know it's a ridiculous thing to say anybody else was man of the match on the stacy west he's got the highest rating of any player since we've been doing the ratings which was 9.8 which means <laughs> it just a lot of people went with a 10 yeah exactly um so yeah it's just a good day to be a lincoln city fan and do you know what actually we had less possession than they did and 
it wasn't that they were bad it's just that we were very very good yeah, I mean, they sort of had that little period, didn't they, in the in the second half when they, they started to come back into it, presumably after having a rocket shoved up their asses by the manager. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, there was no real other outcome on the day. Um, but then obviously moving on to uh, to Tuesday night, um, do we want to uh, touch on the match day experience? Because obviously we had the, uh, you know, we had the, the conversation with Liam last week and he said that they were aiming to get everything right. Um I, I think they did. I think they got pretty much everything spot on on Tuesday. Yeah, it's not what I'm reading back in places. Um, okay. I think the things the things that we asked Liam to address, um, or rather well, we asked Liam to address, we, he doesn't answer to us, but the things that the fans questioned, certainly, I mean, the queuing was was virtually non-existent. I, obviously, I, I actually went through the Legends Lounge, so I didn't see the queues, uh, but from what I've heard, they were very good. Um, I, I don't know again about the the fan zone queues because I, I didn't spend time in there. I do know that there are quite a few people who have got some gripes with the stewarding. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. one of my good friends was thrown out. Now, I, whether he had, he had had quite a bit to drink, I think, but I don't quite know what had gone on there. Mm-hmm. Um, not some, no, I didn't see the incident, but I know that there's comments coming from the block seven of heavy-handed over-interested stewarding and there's comments coming from other areas of the ground where the stewards are not helping people who require it so um yeah i I think there's still some teething problems there i would urge people who um feel that they have a complaint uh, to contact there was an email put on one of the banter sites there's a like a feedback email so i'd certainly urge people to email that Mm-hmm. back if they, if they had an issue and raise it with the club because look if if the podcast last week taught us one thing it's that if questions are raised answers will be provided mm-hmm. whether you like the answers or not and if it's poor stewarding you know the club are going to want to rectify that yeah. so yeah but other than that you know I, it, it was good matched experience for me personally but it's not all about me well you know you're a lincoln city legend now gary well there you go i was uh, on the stage in the legends lounge so you know it was <laughs> it was seemed to be one of the most inappropriate things i'd ever done in my life but i thoroughly enjoyed it apart from getting your man baps out while taking a dog for a walk it wasn't inappropriate it was warm today though <laughs> so but no i mean that that you know that that to be fair that was you know it was nice to good to see that you know you're getting recognized there i think that was uh many people would say it's it's deserved and uh I think begrudgingly, I would probably be one of them. So, oh, you know. don't! I'm going to cry. Oh, I didn't see, sound very sincere there, but I didn't mean that. <laughs> see, I'm nice to you, and what do I get in return? Anyway, but no, let's talk about the game because um, I think you know I went on the uh, the, the Rotherham podcast, um, whose name escapes me, the New York podcast. That's the one um, on Tuesday, no Monday. That would have been um, talking about. Uh, the game getting you know getting uh, ready for it and you know sort of giving them some ideas of of who to watch out for i think the obvious answer was was written in everybody's face and it was to be fair it was a good podcast you know they asked some decent questions um a lot about the the way that the club's being run and things like that and um yeah i think the archive's on youtube so go check that one out because uh, hopefully i gave a good account on myself um but rotherham came and I think they were a very good side and I think we did very well to get a point out of it. And I think I said towards the end of the game on social media that the only way that Josh Griffiths wasn't going to be man of the match is if Jesus Christ himself came on and scored the winner um, in injury time because he was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't he? Yeah, he had a good performance. He certainly put in a good performance. It would be remiss to say he did anything else. Um, Rotherham were, were a decent side. Certainly they're a side that you expect to be in the top six. They they do certain things very, very well. Uh, they're strong. They bullied us in the first half. That's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as much as we tried, it was not men against boys as such, but there was a disparity between the two in terms of physicality. I don't think we won a header. I mean, I thought we were very, very poor aerially, both at the back and up top. Michael Smith was a constant thorn in their side. The ball stuck to him and they got runners in and around him, good runners as well. Um, mm. Dapo had a decent game, not somebody that I'm a big fan of. 
um, and Og, Og Benny possibly or Ben um, he he was outstanding for them I mean he was involved in, in most of their goals most of their opportunities as well so but what I think is is particularly interesting is actually um, up until the hour mark the shots on target ratio was Lincoln five shots two on target um, Rotherham six shots three on target so that was up to the hour. So you know, much of their dominance came in the last half hour. And I think it, it's fair to say if you take a 1-0 lead in a game and somebody equalises in the last minute, it feels like a defeat. And if you're losing 1-0 game and somebody in you level in the last minute, you come away feeling like it's a win. And that kind of applies to, to the whole shots on target thing. You know, If a team dominates the last half an hour, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the first hour was, was far more balanced. So in the last 30 minutes, Rotherham's shots on target were 14. Uh, sorry, mm. shots 14, four on target. I mean, they, they penned us in 66% possession. But that doesn't tell the full story of the game. And and as you say, yes, Josh Griffiths had an outstanding game, made lots and lots of very good saves. But let's not forget, actually, up until 60 minutes, he had made probably two two very, very good saves. And both teams had scored a goal. And we'd had opportunities also to score. So I didn't think there was an awful lot in it up until the hour mark. We started well. They had a great patch when they scored in the middle of the first half. And then we came out and had... 10-15 minutes at the beginning of the second where we I thought we were very very good as well but it was a very good point in the end against the side who let's face it however late all those chances came should have won it and should probably have won it a little bit easier than uh, than even we think yeah I mean it, it was I don't know if it was a case of was you know there was a bit of tiredness creeping in towards the end or whether they just really threw everything at it and, and tried to you know block us out but like you said I think they the bullying comment i think is probably fair you know it was a, as much as they don't like being called a physical side i think it's fair to say they are a physical side um not in the gillingham sense though no 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 yeah like they're not a you know not elbows first to everything they are they're just a, i think they're just a strong side is probably the way of saying it rather than you know physical but um they're, they're a team who have had to be physical to try and survive in the championship yes. but have 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 over time molded that with the kind of footballing ability that you need to win league one so they're kind of like a league one championship hybrid yeah yeah that's i think that's bang on but um yeah i mean it was it, it was just one of those games wasn't it where i think if you were watching it as as a neutral you'd probably say you know that's a good advert for league one football but i as a as, as a fan of Lincoln City, it was a uh, it was a moment where I think you know you come away with it without having too many nails left on your fingers. Um, really, really exciting game, um, and I think you know I would not have been well, I'd have been grumpy, but I wouldn't have begrudged rather than the win on Tuesday night. I think they were you know very good side, and I would possibly hasten to say one of the biggest tests we've come up against so far. Without uh, doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, we weren't really tested against Wickham. We lost 1-0, but you know, we, were, we weren't at full strength. We're suffering from injuries. Um, really, you know, Bolton, that game could have gone either way. It was on a knife edge. We lost to Oxford. You know, we didn't play centre forward for, for half of that game, so you, you're not going to score goals, mm. without a doubt. But again, don't lose sight. I mean, I've, I've actually just had a look at the stats. Up to 75 minutes, so with 15 minutes to go, They'd still only had one more shot than us and one more shot on target than we had. Um, wow. and, and, and we talk about physicality, but in terms of passing, actually, we only played kind of 40 more passes than them through the, the entire course of the game. So yeah, they, they got the ball down, they played it in nice areas. But the difference really was, for me, the, the two centre-forwards. And I'm not, I'm, this isn't me criticising Tom Hopper, and I say that quite a lot, but you look at Michael Smith, he was getting his back to goal and when he was getting into the area they were playing into him in the channel he got his back to goal it would occupy one player behind him and one coming in from in front of him to try and win the ball so it would occupy two of our players and he almost always had a runner whether it was one of the attacking midfielders Ollie Rathbone had an outstanding game for them but whether it was Rathbone whether it was um, Ladapo whether it was the other boy on the right hand side whose name I won't embarrass myself to try and pronounce again uh, but which whoever it was they were then coming into the channel and it was just causing us so many problems. And I think when you look 
look at Fleetwood who beat them 4-2. They are you people are asking the question, well, they conceded four against Fleetwood. How? Fleetwood go two up top. So they've got two up top, they've then got two men occupying what is essentially three central defenders. They played like a uh, a three-one-four-two or whatever it was, um, yeah. but all we had was Tom, and, and and Tom physically was not there. He was getting bossed by the boy from Tranmere who would used to do said that it'd kill us when they equalised against Sutton or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Not even to pronounce his name because it's got an I and a H in in order that I don't think you should ever see an I and a H. Hiwiki. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. But, and it's a, it's a forward line we know. You know, Ladapo and Smith were were there two years ago when we were playing them. So this is a this is a forward line that knows each other. They know the runs they're going to make. Um, and it's a Lincoln City side that doesn't at the minute because we're we're an embryonic Lincoln City side. So actually, to come away 75 minutes having only had one shot less on target than than the opposition, I thought was very very good. But that last 15 minutes was, I don't think you'll see as one sided. Uh, 15 minutes at Sinsel Bank for an opposition. Yeah, I, I probably Liverpool didn't dominate as quite as much in a 15 minute period as Rotherham did. <laughs> no, I think that's probably fair. I mean, you you know, you look at that um, the the tracker that you've got on the on your match reports now, um, and it shows you the is it the possession or is it? No, it's attacking uh, attacking uh, momentum, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I occasionally put it on. I didn't know anyone looked at it, so I'm quite happy that that's got a, a viewer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was quite interesting to see that because it was like it was kind of fairly even, and then it was it was sort of going up for us, and then the last 15 minutes is just entirely orange. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, but no, you know, I think I am I am delighted with that point. I think if we look back at it. Um, a little bit later on in the season, we will see that as a very, very big point um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, coming away from it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, obviously, that depends on where you finish in the league. If you, well, yeah. You know, if, you, if you finish top of the league by 10 points, then it doesn't really matter. But I, I said it before the game, I said it's quite a lot of people that if that game had taken place in April uh, mm-hmm. and not um, September, it would have been on a par with Peterborough and uh, Hull City at the end of last season. That's how good Rotherham are. Um, and, and people were saying, oh, well, they've won one, lost one, won one, lost one, they lost to Fleetwood. Yeah, they thrashed Doncaster 6-0 in the EFL Trophy, and it was a relatively decent Doncaster side and a relatively decent um, Rotherham side. Yeah, and we come away from the Bradford game, so we've done well because it's a strong Bradford. Kudos to, to Rotherham. They're yeah. going to be there or thereabouts. But as I say, I'd... I still have just the slightest question mark over our, our attacking patterns. And, and when you score five against Cambridge, it seems almost crass to then say, well, we didn't do all that well. But, you know, I, I actually, I, I criticised Tom at the time. I said, that, you know, the only thing he's won all afternoon is for all evening, rather his free kicks. It's, he actually won half of his aerial duels, believe it or not. Um, he won nine of 18 aerial duels. He put in a good shift and he made five interceptions, which is right up there with, you know, amongst the very best defenders. It just, it just wasn't the attacking threat. And I think the way we play probably isn't the, the, the main goal threat. But, um, you know, I also think the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes were up until they scored. I, I, I didn't think we were doing all that well. I actually think the change made the difference. I mean, Conor McGrandall's getting injured. Luis Fiorini came on, and, and I really rate Fiorini. Yeah. Uh, I, I keep liking him to Joe Morell. I think there's a lot of the Joe Morell in him that he'll play box to box. You don't see him as a particularly attacking midfielder, but yeah. he can score goals. That's two in two. Yeah. Um, for me, the Sorensen-McGrandall's dynamic doesn't work. I've said it a couple of times on, on the podcast. Um, I'm doing an Ipswich one later. I'll probably say it there as well. I do wonder if a Bishop Fiorini um, pairing along, obviously with Superloo and Bridcott in midfield, might be the way to go on Saturday. So we'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was. Um, I, I, I think I'm, a, I'm with you on Fiorini. I think you know, looking at um, just just how he carries himself when he comes on, he, he doesn't seem like a kid that's that young, um, and he's you know he's just got the confidence and that swagger about him. Um, and you know his goal on Saturday was sublime, and then to follow it up with a goal that, you know, it's a one-on-one, and yes, you you expect strikers to put those away, but when you're talking about midfielders, you know, you, you 
it's usually a 50-50 in that situation. But I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to, you know, he was going to score. Um, really pressure, nice pressure, finish. Pressure finish. And, yeah. and you think he's played, uh, what, 43, 78, maybe 120 minutes of football for us over the last 10 days or so. Yeah. Um, he's had six shots, five on target. Yeah. And for me, that that's what we need from that midfield area. We can have a Tom Hopper putting hard work in, defending from the back, all that sort of stuff, if your midfielders are getting forward. And I, apart from Saturday, I think Connor's probably struggled. Connor McGrandles has probably struggled a little bit this season. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a real attacking threat from Lars Sorensen. I think he's got a good eye for a ball, and I think he will settle and become a very good player from us. But... Fiorini looked more like, and I, it kind of goes against what I've just said because you know I've, I've said he, he's not particularly an attacking midfielder, but actually in the way that he's been playing, that does seem to be a position that maybe they could look to play him in. So then, do you play kind of a, I don't know, Bridcott, and if you've got then Bishop and Fiorini either side up mm-hmm. top, you know, with the, behind uh, with with Tom kind of dropping deep and them two pushing on, who knows? But yeah, be there's plenty to be positive about on the back of. Tuesday, without a doubt. Yeah, no, 100%. I think uh, I saw some people coming out of the game criticising Bridcut, which I just thought was bizarre. Yeah, I've um, seen it on social media as well, actually. I I'm, I, I mean, I got, I, I don't know how, but I somehow got dragged into it. Um, I never said anything, you know, derogatory about him. I thought he's been, you know, shout for player of the season so far. I think he's been fantastic. But yes, he, he, um, he lost the ball in a run-up to, I think, led to a good save from Josh Griffiths. But... You know, it's it, that was potentially the only foot that he put wrong for me on Tuesday night. I thought he had a really good game um, again, and you know, it's still one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Absolutely, um, he's the first. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, on Saturday, um, I think it was Clark who was the next day said to me he's the best player in League One. That's that's that simple. Best player in League One, um, possibly so, possibly so. I, I, he dictates the game. He, he sees so much of the ball. That actually, there's no surprise that he occasionally loses it. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me is that you know when he gets on the ball, there's just that you you almost get like that extra second to take a breath because he's he just somehow calms it down and looks to see where the passes are and you know places a pass. And when he's not on the ball, you can see him. He's there. He's marshalling the defence. He's telling everybody where to be. He'll run back. He'll make challenges. I think there was one challenge Tuesday night where he was basically on the line and managed to get a challenge in. Um, and he sprinted from the centre circle. You know, it was that kind. He's he's just that kind of player where he is everywhere. Like if something's happening in the game, there is a high likelihood that Liam Bricket's going to be involved. And yeah, he's. I, I don't know where this criticism's come from. I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I was just going to see if I could find his losses because uh, I think people say that he loses the ball um, quite a bit and if I were to click on uh, Liam Bridcott this is good because we do our research as we record it uh, <laughs> which is great and when we're required when we're um, relying on my internet connection um, it's even more interesting so uh, excuse me so if I look at Liam Bridcott and we look at there his uh, losses. It says how many he lost and how many were in his own half. And actually, in uh, the game on Tuesday night, he lost the ball six times, three in his own half. Now, I don't actually think that's particularly severe because if you were to compare that to somebody like, I mean, and, and I've only picked Tom because Tom's in my, in kind of in my head. So bear in mind, six, three in his own half is uh, Liam Bridcup for Tom Hopper. Excuse me one second. Uh, he lost the ball 20 times against Rotherham, seven times in his own half. Mm. So it kind of gives you an idea of... It's it's easy to have this perception. If a player makes a loss and it leads to a chance, you look at that player and go, Jesus Christ, why have you lost the ball there? Mm. But in actual fact, in the grand scheme of things, they don't lose the ball that often. It, it, it's what I call, um, and when I say it's what I call, it's what I have literally just termed right now, the Teo Eden effect. Because <laughs> last year, in the, you, honestly, last year when Teo gave the ball away at left back, people spotted it and were on him and yeah. yet the same you know someone that could give the ball away over on the other side of the field and 
it would get ignored. Here's the thing. Conor McGrandles in 21 minutes against Rotherham lost the ball four times, three times in his own half. So he lost the ball in as, as many times in 21 minutes in his own half as Liam Bridcut did in the whole game. So anybody saying criticising Liam Bridcut saying he gives the ball away too much, you need to watch the game and not just remember one incident in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think it's right as well, you know, before we uh, before we move on to look at the weekend. Um, Jamie Robson, I've I've been impressed with him. Um, it. it it didn't seem like he was a brand new player on Saturday. And again, Tuesday night looked like he'd been playing for months. Um, I, yeah, didn't, again, didn't really put too much of a foot wrong for me. He was better on Saturday, uh, but then it, it's easy to look better. I think in a, in a five, in a five one, one win. <laughs> um, and excuse me. Yeah. yeah he settled in quite nicely. He's clearly more of a defensive center back, uh, center back, full back. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, you know, he had a he had a decent game. He only lost the ball four times in his own half. We've seen as we're talking about it, so it's not too bad. He certainly got forward at times. Um, yeah, he, he was better uh, at, on Saturday, but he got crucial blocks in as well. He made four interceptions against Rotherham, eight against Cambridge. He'll get better. For me, you've got to take your half to Regan Paul. And we talk yes. about the player of the year so far, and look, the obvious candidates are going to be uh, your Anthony Scully. Without a doubt, it's called you know, Anthony Scully, Liam Bridcock. Potentially, some people might say, well, Ted Bishop's been superb. But Regan Paul is doing this season what Teo Eden did last season. He was drawing criticism people uh, and and i'm not going to be hopefully offensive when i say short-sighted people will look at one incident and go oh dearie me what's he done there um whereas in actual fact uh he's he's been outstanding he really has for me um, i, I think won 59 percent of his duels on saturday night, on tuesday one of the only players that did yeah and i think somebody else i can't remember who it was on uh, on twitter was saying you know that he just does right back things and he does right back things very very well and that's what you want from a right back like he was just you know if the ball comes if the ball comes to him and you know with a player uh, sorry if a player comes to him with the ball you know that he's going to he's going to put the effort and he's going to track him he's going to make sure that he doesn't you know turn his back on the player and he will put a challenge in and I should say that 59% of the time he'll win the challenge he's um yeah, he, he's been absolutely fantastic for me so far. And I I don't get the criticism because, well, I think I, I can sort of see where the criticism is coming from because people are used to seeing um, fullbacks like Teo, like, you know, like Toff was that, that get forward, that put the ball in the box and, you know, are more attacking. And I don't think that's quite where Regan Paul is at the minute with us. Um, he's just doing you know, his defensive duties and he's doing them very, very well. But, uh, yeah, I I'm going to be proven wrong here, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not looking to prove you wrong. I'm not looking at the, the stats. I, I kind of think he does get forward I think in uh, the Bolton game. He was probably the player who got forward more um, than certainly the, the other side of the fullback uh, in terms of crosses per 90 minutes this season. Uh, he is fifth. And that's behind Cohen Bramall, but uh, you know, he's kind of he comes on late, he gets the balls into the box. But Bramall's made uh, where am I looking? Five point two three crosses per ninety minutes, um, and the next is Scully on one point nine two, Fiorini on one point eight three, Bishop on one point six six, and then Paul on one point two one. So he gets forward statistically more than um, more than most of our other players, and um, more so than. Pro, you know, dedicated winger like Hakeeb crosses per ninety zero point eight four. So, um, yeah, I I think he is a. I think he's been likened to him already. I think he's a Lee Beavers um, mm. style player. He is. I mean, you are right. He's a more defensive player. I think probably than uh, Neil Erdley, for instance. Uh, he gets yeah. more blocks in. I think as well. But a player who. For me, we talk about first names on the team sheet, and there are one or two players who you consider first team regulars now. Josh mm-hmm. Griffiths, um, Regan Paul, without a doubt. They're the only two across the back who are definite first team regulars at the minute. Everyone else kind of switches. Liam Bridcut, 
is is one uh, and and Scully and Hopper, and for me they're the names, they're the the five kind of that, that go down straight away, and then everybody else is clamouring to try and prove that they ought to be added to that list. Ah, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, I mean we'll we'll obviously see what the situation is uh, with the starting eleven at the weekend because it's. Uh, I don't think anybody has successfully nailed uh, multiple games on the trot with their uh, with their fan predictions by the sounds of it, because uh, a lot of things keep changing on a weekly basis. But uh, uh, just as interest, by the way, Regan Paul has the second highest aerial jewels per ninety uh, across the back. Adam Jackson, Tom Hopper, uh, and and Chris Maguire, who has obviously not played as many minutes. Are right up there. Defensive jewels per ninety. Uh, Regan Paul makes the most of all of the defenders uh, at seven point one two, which is more than Montsmer at six point five five, and Jackson at five point six three. So I, I can't talk highly enough. Interceptions per ninety minutes. Regan Paul is fourth behind Montsmer, Bridcott, and Jackson, which again, I, yeah, yeah, I, I can't talk highly. He was a player that I backed when he first came into the club and I I stand by that bear in mind I did the same with Teo Eden last season when I wasn't the only one not trying to claim that but when people were on his back about left back I you know staunchly backed him and look what happened there so I've got every every confidence in Regan Paul but we should move on because I'm turning this into a like a, a man crush like you do with Tarfano <laughs> who you're okay. still talking about nearly well, like a year and a half two years after he left the club I mentioned it once in a comparison to another player, Gary. You do it all the time. Anyway, Ipswich, Saturday. Is this going to be the week where they turn it round? Because they've not won a game yet. They've got three points. They're 22nd in the table. It's not looking great for them, considering a lot of people, including ourselves, tip them to win the league. Yeah, if Ipswich aren't in the top six at the end of the season, uh, I'll, I don't know, buy a Grimsby scarf or something silly like that. I'm not going to make any other bold prediction like eat pants. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they've got such a good squad. Yeah. But the problem is that it isn't blending. And actually, when I look across the back, I'm not entirely convinced that they've got a back four that can cope with teams that look to overload them. Mm. Uh, so Toto and Siala has been playing for them regularly. Not less level for me. He's not a League One defender. He's error error prone. Uh, he's strong, but he's error prone. Uh, they've got decent fullbacks. I really like Vincent Young. Players like Miles Kenlock, Luke Wolfenden are, are players that should be decent at this level. George Edmondson, I think, signed as a left back. He's been playing centre back. I think they're really short in the centre back area. Um, in the middle of the park, again, they've got some great players, but you've got to get them playing together. You've, the likes of Scott Fraser, Raheem Harper, players like that have, have got to play play well together. And, and people were raving about the fact they signed Scott Fraser. You know, he was at MK Dons last year and Burton the year before, two teams that didn't make the top six. So if he's such a great midfielder, why did he not elevate those teams to, to bigger and better things? Um, and then up front, it's an embarrassment of riches, an embarrassment of riches. Uh, Macaulay Bond, Wes Burns, Joe Piggott, Sonny Aluku, Louis, Louis Barry, Connor Chaplin, Caden Jackson and James Norwood. Right, you've got eight players there, two of which can play really at any one time. Probably you might put one on, or two out wide. Um, of those eight players, I'm fairly sure that they would all get minutes playing for us. Oh, yeah, 100%. One way or another. One or two, potentially not. Macaulay Bond, he's not not really for me, if I'm honest, as a League One striker. Um, Joe Piggott, I really like, but I'm not sure if he's fit or not at the moment. I think they've got one or two that are out with injury. You've got Louis Barry, he was at Barcelona. And yeah, as I understand it, I think Barry was a player that, that we might have been interested in. Um, but you, you would imagine any deal for a player like Louis Barry is going to be either he plays every minute or you get whacked with financial penalties because they're yeah. going to want him to get minutes. Ipswich can afford the financial penalties. Mm. I think it's going to be a tricky game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be as tough for us as Tuesday night. I think it's more winnable than Tuesday night because I think Ipswich are trying to do something at the minute that they're not in a position that they can do. Yeah. 
I actually think Paul Cook is a manager who won't see out the season. Okay. Um, and I think the issue is, um, I think their CEO backs Cook. I think Cook is his man. Right. I think the owners, uh, I think that they might want a change. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the, the, the demographic there. So it should be a good game. I think it's a great time to play them because I think come Christmas, a lot of these players that we're talking about now who haven't really hit form will hit form. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of say, you know, that they're not going to be up there because they have, what, what was it, 18 players they bought in the window? Yeah. So they've basically bought our, you know, a, a, a squad. And we've got, I think we've got 20, 21, 22 in the squad. And, you know, they basically just bought an entirely new squad. It's ridiculous what's happened there. Um, and I, I've got no... I think it's a fairly obvious statement to me, but they are obviously one of the teams that Michael was talking about the other week when he said there's you know 12 clubs overspending or spending to to get out, and it's it it really is a boom or bust season I think for Ipswich. I think if they if they aren't in the top six at the end of the season, it's just going to be a very interesting watch um, from afar to see what happens there because. I mean, they are, well, they've just thrown everything out to get out of the league, haven't they? Um, and I think they are due a turnaround because you can't, I said it a few weeks ago and you actually commended me on it um, when I said it's a bit like playing FIFA and you're getting all the, the red and yellow links rather than the green links. You know, they are slowly getting to a point where all those players are going to gel. Are you fishing for another compliment? No, I'm not. I'm no. just saying. Um, <laughs> you know, you, when you get to that stage... In theory, that team should be fantastic, but as it currently stands, like you say, it's it, it's just yeah. disjointed. Yeah, but as you know, if you haven't got the right players with the right chemistry, it doesn't matter how often you play them together on FIFA, they won't they won't. Well, that's very true. Yeah, um, and I mean, because I, I would say you know, is Joe Piggott injured because he hasn't been playing? He's not. He's on the bench for him. Louis Barry, Caden Jackson is there on the bench. They played Sonny Aluku, Connor Chaplin, and Macaulay Bond. Um, again, one or two of the names that they've signed raised eyebrows and you say they should be really good Connor Chaplin is one who I don't think he could get the Portsmouth side a few years ago and he scored goals a little bit on and off for, for Coventry but never really you know, he's never a 20 goal a season striker at this level Macaulay Bond wasn't I mean he was anonymous for Charlton uh, before he moved to, to QPR wasn't he mm. um, and not somebody that particularly impressed me I mean Joe Piggott has done it at this level not getting on he brought Caden Jackson on at the weekend uh, when they or not this weekend, the weekend when they lost to Bolton. Uh, and then, was that this weekend? Yeah, it was. Yeah, bloody hell. Um, so that yeah, they they bought Caden Jackson. Well, he's a player that they said wasn't going to play for him again. Yeah, stuck him in the in the stiffs. So I think it's a case. I think it, you can't buy success. No, it helps to have money, but you can't buy success. And what they're doing, like that, like you said, they're, they're collecting everything and bought all the most expensive toys and they're putting all together. And what does this one do? And what does that one do? And what we've done is gone and got Teddy Bishop, who they've thrown out, and we're turning him into a player that has been more effective for us than any of their players have been for them this yeah. season at all. Um, I, I just, so, I can't, I can't understand what what has gone on or what went on that led to you know Ted Bishop tra- training with the the under 23s or the kids or whatever it's just like if if he's fallen out with a manager then like fair enough but surely at that point the manager needs to step up and say right okay i need to do what's best for the team and you know not be not be a diva about it but well yeah, but he's been given all the money hasn't he? so he doesn't need to no that's true he doesn't need to. It's like he's upgraded to a PlayStation 5 and he's just thrown all his PlayStation 4 games out without really playing the ones that he hasn't played before and doesn't know whether they're good or not. And now he's trying to buy all the new games. It's just... Is that a yeah, date? No, genuinely not a date. It's genuinely, <laughs> it, it, it isn't. I just, you know, I, I just think he's been a little bit spoiled. Mm, and, yeah. You know, and by the way, if you're a betting man, definitely get yourself on both teams to score. Uh, oh yeah and that's one thing Ipswich can do scored uh, two against Bolton two against Wimbledon two against MK Dons two against Morecambe they score goals yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll score they just cannot defend 
for. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I don't think they've, I don't think they've they had a game where they've lost to nil this season, have they? Yeah, they lost one nil to Newport in the uh, Carabao. Okay, okay. Mm, yeah, fair enough. I've not seen that, uh, not seen that fixture. But yeah, the 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 league games at least, it looks like they're they're scoring a few. But like you say, I mean Saturday lost five two to Bolton, and we know that Bolton are a decent side, but. Would we have lost 5-2 to Bolton? Well, no, because we only lost 1-0 to them, didn't we? Well, there you go. Um, like, you, you, know, <laughs> no, you, you get what I'm saying. I don't. I probably would say Ipswich have conceded two or more goals in every single league game that yeah. they've played this season. And yeah. that's going to be a concern. And I, I look at their, as I go all the way back to the top of the conversation, I look at their back line. And at the moment, I don't see how they're going to they're gonna plug that gap. Um, they're top heavy they're focused on attack and they've not looked at the back yeah I mean you know somebody was saying to me the other day that um, you know we we obviously need we've been saying that we need a a 20 goal a season striker and then Anthony Scully's you know potentially going to be in double digits by the end of the year I was like mate if he if he carries on going the way he's doing he'll be double digits by the end of Saturday's game it's just he's it's going to be a very interesting match because you're going to have, like you say, a team that are going to be trying to attack without that much in, the, you know, at the at the back. But then you've also got us who are going to be trying to to capitalise on what was a fantastic win last week and you know a, a decent result against a very good Rotherham side on Tuesday. Um, but I, there's just this niggling little doubt in the back of my head that's saying something's going to turn around for Ipswich and it might start on Saturday. I hope it doesn't, but it's got to start soon. Um, I don't see why it's going to turn around. That kind of flies in the face of what we've literally just been saying that, you know, they're, they're, they're top loaded that if they haven't got the defense, I, I don't, they'll, they'll win games. Um, and, and I think they should be top six by the end of the season. But I think it's between now and January is going to be a big, I suppose, big test. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Test. We can disagree, Ben. You know, we can. Disagree. No, I mean, you know, I, I, I disagree on, on. You know, I, I think they will turn it around at some point. But I mean, you're the but one I that s- said they're still going to finish top six, or you're buying yeah. Grimsby's off. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that they're going to. I don't think that it's nailed on that they're going to turn it around over the next couple of games. When I think their problems are not just clicking. I think they've got more fundamental squad problems than just a lack of chemistry. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, don't forget. I mean, Sunderland have already won the league, mate. That's you know, we don't have to worry about them. Pray Probably for Keith. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe he came crawling out the bloody woodwork. That was so funny because every time I talked to him on Twitter, he he just ends up embarrassing himself even further, and it's like yeah. talking to a five-year-old. But anyway, he's like, but yeah, I bet he eats crayons. <laughs> That's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, right. OK, I think that's probably a, a decent spot to wrap up because I know you have some food to go and eat or you need so to go. We had an announcement to make, Ben. We do have an announcement. That's where I was getting to, Gary. No, you weren't. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> you know, I was going to say. You've forgotten. You haven't written No, I hadn't. I hadn't forgotten. forgotten. I hadn't yeah. forgotten. I was saying that's what we're going to talk about football-wise. But yes. Funnily enough, sorry, I've just glanced out of my garden and Fee's taken our like umbrella thing down from our um, camp from our from our uh, patio furniture, and she's laid it across the table. And I just glanced across, and it looks like a huge, great big green canvas knob. <laughs> I'm just looking at it because my eyesight's not great, and I'm thinking, what on earth is that? The jolly green giant has left his member behind. <laughs> He's taken Charlie for a walk. Um, yeah. No, so yeah, we do have an announcement, and I hadn't forgotten. Um, but we are uh, we are going to be helping to contribute, aren't we, to the um, the Stacey West uh, renovation fund? Is that the official term for it? Yeah, we'll call it the Stacey West Development Fund. Which, development um, fund. That's the word. Redevelopment. We're, yeah. we're backing, obviously, with Vital Lincoln City and Imptoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we have uh, we've decided to launch a raffle, um, which will be starting up. Uh, we should have some more details basically on it next week once we get everything ironed out and, and sorted. But we'll be having a raffle um, for a number of prizes. Uh, I will be 
running off a large mini Sinsel bank, um, which is obviously a little bit of an oxymoron, but like it's the bigger version that I painted up and gave to uh, a few folks at the club. There's not many of them that exist. So that's going to be one of the prizes. Um, I next, next lot prizes, Gaz? Yeah, I'm going to be chipping in uh, with some books because I've got to move some somehow. Um, no, so we're going to put uh, probably two prizes together. One will be likely a full set of the season reviews from 2016-17 onwards. Um, I can sign them if you want, but if you don't want them ruining, I can leave them blank. Uh, and I think I've got um, probably a, a, a ragtag collection of a couple of other books. So maybe the A to Z, uh, Suited and Booted something else as well so um that's another prize we are going to look hopefully to get some some signed goods of some description in the raffle as well but you know they're they're all the small prizes but there's a big one isn't there ben there is a big prize and i'm fairly certain you can all guess where it's come from but um we will be inviting um eight lucky winners or four lucky winners and plus ones depending on what we decide uh, to join myself and Gary in an executive box uh, for the MK Dons game, which is the Boxing Day game. So we Merry will be Christmas. yeah, Merry Christmas indeed. So we'll be uh, we'll be you know having the folks up in the box, and we will also, depending on states of inebriation and and all that other stuff, um, we will also be recording a podcast with the uh, the lucky eight folks that come along. So. Yeah, um, I, th- I think we'll definitely do some recording. Um, obviously, it might be one of the last times we see the Stacey West uh, yes. from that area of the ground. It might be one of the last times that the South Park end of the ground gets a view of the cathedral. So, uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, uh, it is big. It is big. Not just the generosity of, of Ben and Rachel providing the box, but there could be an air of poignancy about it. It could be one of the last times what is an iconic view from Sinsel Bank is available. Uh, and, and you can have that view. And I think recording a bit of the podcast and we'll talk a bit about the Stacey West and you know, we might do a little bit of after the game as well with you all and, and stick it out on a special pod. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, I think it's a really, really good prize. I would do uh, because I, I don't have to win it. I'm just there automatically, um, <laughs> which, is, which is very exciting. Yeah, my mate Matt will like it because it means that you'll probably get... Well, no, actually, my mate Dave will like it because he can probably go to the game on Boxing Day on my uh, on my season ticket. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that we we will potentially have our season ticket as well, so uh, or my season ticket, so someone can, uh, you know, use that. But um, yeah, so that is the price. Um, it's you know, it's something that um, you know, me and Rach talked about as soon as it was as soon as it was confirmed that she'd uh, she'd gotten the box for the season and it was it was a no-brainer really you know it's a right well we'll we'll do something give it away on the pod and hopefully raise a little bit of money and then the uh, the development came along and that seems to be the the most obvious and sensible way of doing it i guess so um i think the reason we're running it now so far in advance is liam kind of suggested didn't he over i think on the podcast or it might have been off air that um october the middle of october is is a time where they're going to commit to when the roof comes off the stand and and when the work gets done so we're going to look to actually do the the raffle get the money in and draw it by mid-october so we're probably going to be looking at, at at four weeks but we'll we'll firm up the details in readiness for uh, next week and obviously i'll put an announcement out on the stacy west for those who don't listen but why i'm saying that i don't know because you won't be listening so you won't know <laughs> absolutely so yeah it's um it's an exciting one i'm i'm looking forward to that uh i've not actually been in the box yet this season uh, saturday is my first time so it's going to be uh it's going to be a good one but you know it's a it, it's it's a good one hopefully you know folks get involved and um you know if, if you do win come along you know, have a couple of beers and we'll have a chat and uh yeah, record some nonsense. It'll be good fun. You do have to buy your own beer. Sadly, yes. Um, and and mine and Ben's. <laughs> but don't I... commit to buying Ben's food. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck off. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? Somebody came to me in the Legends hours. He said, I've just seen Ben. Uh, this is on Tuesday. I went, have you? He goes, he's looking in good shape. He's lost a lot of weight. I'll tell so, you that. I'll tell you that. Well, no, I thought so as well. I know you're going to the gym a bit and, and put a bit of effort into it. I thought you were looking, um, yeah. Portly. No, better. <laughs> okay. I'll, better. Again, I'll take it. I'm happy with that. Um, 
I, I will be. I'll be brutally honest. I haven't been to the gym for a week and a half because I've yeah just not felt up to it. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'll be brutally honest. I had three cooked breakfasts on my week off, and we ate out about four times. <laughs> Went to the bottle and glass at Harby. Fantastic starter and the main. I'd had a bacon butty in the morning. I went to Cobble's Bar in Louth on the Friday, and it was uh, I had what they call the Fat Boy, and it lives up to its thing. It's, it's like it's like three of everything, like three sausages, three fried eggs, six bacon's because normally you get two bacon's, like three, uh, six hash browns. Oh man, I tell you, cracking that was. And because we've not had another night, takeaway Monday night chips, nice. Tuesday we went to the poacher, cracking. <laughs> No, I don't, I had a yeah. for lunch today. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm ashamed to admit I had a Macus for lunch. I'm so hungry because in the fridge, I'm, doing, I'm recording another podcast in 40 minutes, just a quick one with Ipswich fans. And all I've got in the fridge is a, a miserable microwave meal from the co op. And it's a little portion as well. It's all I had last night because obviously I can't cook anything. I'm so hungry. Three's just gone to Pilates, so I do wonder if I ought to get in the car and quickly bugger off to the Chinese. But Do it. By the time I've got to the Chinese and back, you're talking thirty minute round trip. Not gonna get not gonna get the podcast recorded. And I've got to, uh, I've got to watch I've got to watch the old. Yeah, that's fair. Um but yeah, I've uh, I, Rach is uh, Rach is away next weekend. She's going or next week, sorry, she's going to a couple of gigs. So I'm uh, I'm home alone next week. So if I appear on the podcast and I'm eating like you know, bread, like just bread without anything else, and you'll understand that something's gone horribly wrong. Um, but yeah, we will uh, we'll see you next week. Um, oh, no, no, there's another plug. And he, oh, he had a word with you first, not me. Sorry, yes, there is another plug. I had genuinely forgotten that one, unlike the other one. Um, yes, Imtunes on Saturday. Um, they are appearing, or Chris is appearing, in the fan zone or the fan village on the uh, bleh, Red Imson Community Trust stand he will have um the imptoons expansion pack i think he's calling it uh with the new signings um and then he's going to be selling those for a fiver a pop on the uh, on the community trust stand so get involved because all of that money again is going to the stacy restaurant uh stacy west redevelopment fund so yeah gonna be a cracker um i'm looking forward to getting a set yeah i've got i've actually got mine he's, he sent them to me he's a good lad, mm. chris fantastic but yeah very very generous uh, in, in putting all of the or as uh, portion of the profits into the redevelopment fund so and i, I think there's also going to be um, a big announcement from vital lincoln city fairly soon as well i've literally just had a, a whatsapp from jules um, about another figure that he's going to be putting in so it's nice uh, to see lots of different groups getting behind it i know that jules has spoken to lisa and they're going to be pushing it as well obviously the Redding's community trust to drive in the bond so i think it's really nice to see everybody coming together even those that may have had differences in the past but you know to to kind of move forward and um work together so i'm yeah, yeah proud to be a part of it yeah 100 percent. and i i have i have had brief discussions um mainly mainly with Rachel and also with with Rob um and the community trust to potentially look at doing another run of mini stadiums so if there is interest in those shout me on twitter and i will potentially get another run put together and again all the profits from those will go to the redevelopment fund so nice very good um cool but no i think that is genuinely it now isn't it yeah, I can't think of anything more. I've now got 37 minutes to go and nuke some reconstituted shepherd's pie um, and then eat it, burn the inside of my mouth off. Good stuff. Yeah, cracking. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, I was going to say, you could just get your steep, but you, you live in you the know, Yeah, exactly. There, are, there is a penalty to pay for me standing here or sitting here, rather, having a view of the sunset bright red ball settling settling over the, the lincolnshire worlds with not another soul anywhere at all apart from the jolly green giants manhood ah <laughs> oh, christ but uh no i think that is a good spot to to wrap up for the week so we'll see you at, we'll see you at the bank on saturday and up the imps, up the imps. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.